This trip was brought to you by our good friends at CoinKite. CoinKite's here. They build the best Bitcoin hardware in the space. I'm rubbing my block clock right now. Have you ever rubbed your block clock, Logan? No, I'm not weird. Yeah, it doesn't feel great. It's not a rubbing product. It's a looking product. You look at it. It gives you great stats on the Bitcoin network. You set it up. It's a beautiful, aesthetically ple- pleasing piece of hardware. It keeps you updated on what's going on in Bitcoin. That's just one thing. That's just like the fun things that CoinKite makes. They're very fun. They're very cool. They also make the best security hardware in the Bitcoin space. Their wallets, the MK4 and the Q1, both come with two secure elements. Uh, both are NFC enabled. Both allow you to create private cu- public key pairs offline in an air gap fashion so your private keys never touch the internet you can add entropy to your private key with dice rolls as well with both products a bit different mk4 looks like a little calculator the q1 is a full keyboard device with a bigger screen uh, qr scanning capabilities uh, and it has a battery pack as well again the most secure hardware on the market allows you to create your private public keys in an air gap fashion it's the best way to do it. Adding entropy to it as well. Eliminate single points of failure. Cold card helps you do that with their hardware by keeping your stuff offline. They also have the SATS card, the tap signer, the SATS chip, a bunch of things. Go check it out at coinkite.com. Try RHR. Just try it. Tell me what happens. Nobody's told us, Logan. Have you tried it? Uh, I have not. Have you tried it? I have not. Maybe it's on me. Maybe I should go try it. This trip was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained. We talk about them in this episode. They're doing it the right way. They're a financial institution of the future, building their whole company off of Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties. They have their Vault product, which is a two or three multi-sig, in which you hold two keys. Unchained holds one. Since you have those two keys, you control your Bitcoin. You can move it whenever you see fit. If you're ever in a pinch and need Unchained to be the second in the two or three multi-seat quorum, the second signature, they're there for you. Uh, they have the trading desk, where if you buy Bitcoin through their trading desk, it goes straight to that vault that you set up. So there's no pulling out keys, wallets, addresses. You buy Bitcoin, it goes straight to your multi-seat cold storage vault. Single points of failure are eliminated in that model. Unchained never holds the Bitcoin. You don't buy it. On Unchained, it sits on exchange. No, you buy it, goes straight to your multi-sig cold storage. Whether you're an individual, high net worth individual, a family office, an institution, a sovereign wealth fund looking to buy Bitcoin, hit up Unchained's trading desk. Go to unchained.com slash trading to check it out and enjoy this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. I did this right. I I don't think you did it right. I don't think I'm on screen. Let's check. Check you too. Let me check. Oh, I am on screen. You're right, but I just can't see it. You can see me though, right? Uh, yeah. All right. That's all that matters. 
That's all that matters. We did it. We did it. Shout out us. A couple days late. I was in Missouri for the Bitcoin Expedition Conference earlier this week in Jefferson City, Missouri. It was a great event. Great small town. Uh, Thursday was a full day of programming, so we couldn't record then. I got back yesterday morning and then some had some family matters I had to tend to. We couldn't record yesterday. And here we are today. Just Matt and I, Logan. Uh, his weekend was preoccupied, so I'm running the back end here. I am host and producer today, so please bear with us. Are this we getting is a any horrible comments? Experience. Horrible experience on my side right now. <laughs> I can't really see what's being broadcast at all. Uh, I'm going to try and figure that out. I'm blindly here, but we made it work. Let me hit settings. Hopefully I don't screw anything up while doing this. Guest view. There we go. Broadcast. You should be able to see both of us now. Yes. Thank you, sir. You did look, it. Look at me. Look at me. Look at you. you know? Sometimes I know how to get stuff done. Okay, that's awesome. Now I'm in my happy place. Okay, this is good. Uh, Look at us without Logan. <laughs> Logan, you better watch out, brother. I'm coming for that job. Uh, never miss a week. Here we are, Saturday afternoon, 121 Central. This was, this was the first time in a while where I was like, damn, we might miss a week. Made it happen. It did make it happen. Should we jump into it or keeping it tight today? How long, how many weeks has it been? Since Christmas, the first year. So that would have been Christmas 2018. So 52. Let's just start Jan 1, 2019. 52 times 2 is 104. And we're what? 40 some odd weeks into this year. So at least 150, let's just guess 150 weeks. It's way higher than that. Oh, it is way higher. We're at 257. It's been almost five years. Yeah. It's like a little over 200. Over 200. Uh, inside, in the, the number of RHRs doesn't, account for it because we did all the two-week episode two we had the stimulus package episodes yeah stimmy package who knows we may need to bring them back things are breaking behind the scenes so where should we start should we start with uh, a little let's, Clark movie? let's make sure that i did this right i'm going to click to the browser clark's dashboard that's pretty good current price of bitcoin is thirty four thousand one hundred dollars one cuck buck it's going to get you 2,933 sats. That number is going down below 3,000. Current market capitalization is 665.9 billion cuck bucks. We are at block height 814,265. We already mentioned the last difficulty adjustment. We are 199 blocks away from the next adjustment, which is estimated to be tomorrow here on in the central time zone in the U.S., uh, it's looking like it's going to be a 2.8% pop, 
upwards adjustment. Block's been coming in at 9 minutes and 44 seconds on average. Uh, they're currently 12,729 transactions in Clark's mempool. If we go over to mempool.space, there's only 32,994 transactions in Wiz's mempool. Back to the dashboard. We have 9,474.6 Bitcoin in unspent capacity in Samurai's Whirlpool. That is 323.1 million cuck bucks in unspent value. That number is going up. Now I'm going to bring it back to the side-by-side -side view. I got this working like a well-oiled machine here on the back side of the production. Well done, Marty. Crushed it. What do you think? We pumped. Last, yeah, time what we, is last time we met 10 days ago, what was the price at? Let's go back. I don't know. It was like 20% increase. Let's see. This is the bull back? One month. We last met on 29th. Look, look how pretty that looks. 27th. So we met on the 21st. Price was around thirty thousand, so we're up more than ten percent since then. Twenty five percent in the last month. Look how pretty that is. It's very pretty. Year to date looks even better. Up over one hundred and six point three percent year to date. Boom. <laughs> I was looking at the screen. You just pulled pulled me right back in. So what are your thoughts? Why are we pumping? I don't know. Feels nice though. It does feel nice. People front running BlackRock? I don't know. And you have David Bailey's theory that an Ethereum whale is getting short squeezed. Who knows? Maybe the world's waking up to the fact that you want a apolitical peer-to-peer -peer distributed cash system in a world that's going completely insane. Could be that. Probably not, probably not that one, but maybe a little bit. I don't know. This could be, I mean, I tweeted this out yesterday, but 2023, looking back, could be viewed as the year of the Bitcoin decoupling. I guess we can start here. Um, I created this comparison chart earlier today, but if you look at Bitcoin compared to all the major banks, Bank of America, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, and we'll throw Goldman Sachs investment bank in there as well for good measure. Like this is pretty astonishing chart. Bitcoin's up 105 percent. Bank of America is down 25. J.P. Morgan is relatively flat as it's subsumed all the the banks during the banking crisis earlier this year. Wells Fargo down seven and a quarter. Goldman Sachs down 16.3 percent. It's a pretty pretty crazy. Um, and you juxtapose Bitcoin to all these systemic bank institutions that exist in our country. Global bank run into Bitcoin. Let's fucking go. Yeah. And then here we go. That's what's happening, right? It's like, but on, in slow motion. Yeah. No, no, it was. Interesting. Going back to Missouri, it's good to see you full time. Bitcoin in Missouri too. Always a pleasure seeing FTB. you in person. This was a pretty packed event. I think the price certainly did help put asses in seats. People <laughs> who were on on the fence last week were probably like, "All right, 
this has popped 10% in a few days. Maybe I should show up. And people are very attentive. Best drug ever. It really is. A green candle. So good. It's, uh, so vibes were high. I cut you off. No, just, just, I'm trying to think of what's driving the price. Like you had the having coming out. Obviously, BlackRock. I guess that was something we don't have the list. That Dude, all the all the suits got fucking wrecked. They got absolutely wrecked, and and it dried up liquidity. Right? There's not that much liquidity out there, <clears throat> and now all these tailwinds are catching up to it. It's like class. I mean, look how long this bear market's been. It's been like 400 days, year over year, down. Like people just got absolutely wrecked until it was only strong hands left. And everyone knows the BlackRock ETF is going to happen. Like, of course, it's going to fucking happen. And when have you ever been able to front run a BlackRock ETF? Like, I guess like gold could be like the comparison, but like imagine like stacking a serious amount of gold. Like that's a like physical gold before the BlackRock ETF. Like that was a serious endeavor. This you could just... You know, buy it on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, uh, I guess that's a big question right now is with bonds, where they are. A lot of people, particularly at this event. So this event was hosted by Build uh, Capital. Shout out to uh, Cameron, Matt, John from Build for throwing this event and talking to Matt Dines, particularly, he's been on TFTC and is really honed in on the situation in credit markets, particularly that apparently that's the environment in the bond market right now is people rode that 40 year bull market are essentially saying, yeah, blood's in the streets. This is the time to buy. Uh, and they're scooping up bonds thinking that they're going to recover. But I don't know if the trade that lasted for four decades is going to continue into the future, especially when you consider the geopolitical situation unraveling right now and the, the U.S. debt situation. So just to pull up a few things uh, in this regard, it's never a good sign when Barron's, Barron's is uh, somewhat of like a Kramer indicator. Uh, so when they're, this is their cover from, uh, I guess it's next week's issue or this weekend's issue that went out, uh, time to buy bonds. They're never really a good indicator. So it could be a sign that, that more pain is on the way. And then you really have to factor this in too, which is national debt, which has gone up by 1 trillion in the past three months. It was 32.65 in July of this year, currently sitting above $33.67 trillion. Um, and Wall Street Silver says here, uh, at this pace, the debt will hit nearly 5% of GDP by the end of the fiscal year, which is September of next year. Annual interest expense on the debt will be about $1.3 trillion per year with an economy at $27 trillion. Uh, Yellen says their goal is 2% of GDP for interest expense on the debt. And the only way to get there is for the Fed to massively cut interest rates because they're definitely not going to be able to cut the debt. And so with that looming, you essentially have the situation where they haven't solved inflation. Uh, geopolitical risk is at a generational high. Um, and so people are saber-rattling. Uh, saber there we go. Uh, 
and the U.S. is seen as a strong force behind the people pushing us towards World War III and uh, may make it less palatable to buy our debt. Inflation's not solved. And so if they cut interest rates while inflation's not solved, it's not going to be good at all either. And so I guess wrapping this up, I mean, I think that's the big question right now. A lot of people think the bond trade that they rode for four decades is coming back. But I guess that's the big question. Like, is it is it going to come back? I'm not so confident that it will. Mandibles. <laughs> Drink. I mean, there's a lot of denial going on right now, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of opium. So what do you think about all the hoopla about BlackRock and the other people filing for ETFs getting their tickers at DTCC? Is that signal or is that noise? I think BlackRock ETF is definitely going to happen. <laughs> and I think it's you know going to bring a, a pretty big price pump in the short term. Is like I th- that's my expectation, and I think it's not priced in. And I don't think the having's priced in. Um, but I'm also like always fucking bullish, so take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Well, that brings up. I mean, this last pump, last week's pump, it's been really good for uh, for hash price. If you look here on insights.brains.com, miners certainly love the the. The pump last week, hash price pump from about six cents to above seven point four cents per day. So they're more profitable. I guess in the context of the mining industry, that's a big question: is like, can the price pump enough before the having to make these companies profitable, so they can pay down debt, reinvest, and prepare for a world in which the subsidy gets cut in half? Jevy said. Um... Don't forget about uh, the buy the fucking pump program, the BTFP program, where they pre-bailed out all the banks that were still existing. Uh, ends in March and April as well. Um, well that's, they, okay. right? that's a big question. Does it actually end or the, do they just extend it? They're just going to extend it. I feel like that's – if I could bet on it, I, would, I mean, you can just stay humble stacks out, but they'll probably extend it. Yeah. No, and that's, I mean, that'll be one thing to look out for this week. I mean, we showed the chart and pulled back up of these banking stocks. Um, I love this chart. This is a fun one. But like, let's just go into the one month view. One month, Bitcoin's up more than 26%. All these banks are down more than 5%. Most more down, down more than eight. Like, do the max. I think with everything going on in the Middle East, people are obviously. Uh, understandably, I wouldn't even say distracted, focused on what's going on there. Um, but I do think we have the beginnings of another banking crisis on our hands. I mean, let's just go to the five day too for good measure. They're all insolvent. Yeah. It's like a Ponzi banking system. Yeah. <sighs> How are you feeling? Nervous? Nervous? Yeah. Um, about what? The markets, the situation. 
It does. I mean, I would be if I didn't have Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like Bitcoin is like made for this situation, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, it should be it should be crazy to see how it all plays out. Uh, it's just like it's a question of timing. Yeah. And I guess that rolls into the regulatory environment around Bitcoin. If you want to put your tinfoil hat on and assume that the powers that be in the federal government here understand the gravity of Bitcoin taking off while you have a debt crisis, a bond crisis, a banking crisis at the same time, it seems like they're quickly moving to close the gates. Uh, we talked about FinCEN last week when we last met. I think that was relatively fresh news when we recorded and having had 10 days, 11 days, whatever it's been to think on it, eight days, I think uh, it's very serious um, what they're trying to do and you should be writing letters. Really to. Bad. Yeah, it's really bad. And then this week you had the Wall Street Journal article uh, trying to say that uh, Hamas was using Bitcoin to fund their operations against Israel and it became like Elizabeth Warren went crazy, had, I believe, over 100 representatives sign a letter saying we need to take care of this right away. And then you had chain analysis companies coming out and saying, well, actually, that's not true. This data is not correct. Wall Street Journal didn't retract, but they're still running with it. Um, so Bitcoin funds terrorism. Narrative is getting out there. Uh, and the timing of all of it, again, tinfoil hat on. It's very easy to see a potential scenario in which the BlackRock ETF gets approved. And the government says, yeah, you can get access to Bitcoin, but only via these regulated institutions and these products. You can't actually hold Bitcoin. I think that's definitely a possible scenario. Yeah. But it always has been. Um, and then the question just comes down to enforcement. Enforcement will be difficult, but it would essentially criminalize the usage of Bitcoin. But this this FinCEN piece is like a step in that direction. Um, it requires a lot more information sharing and stuff like that. Yeah, so let's elaborate on that. Like, does FinCEN have any leg to stand on? Because I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but it seems like I think we did mention it, but I think it the point should be belabored, which is they're essentially making it illegal to send a transaction with multiple inputs. It's uh, it's protect it's first and fourth amendment protection. Um, so I think it's unconstitutional, but that would have to be challenged in courts and who knows how that goes. Um, and you, yeah, I mean, do we really want to depend on the courts to, protect those rights. I mean, look, when governments fail, they like often lash out at their citizens and try and choke them out, you know? Yeah. So. Well, that actually, let's see if I can do possibility that it could get really messy out there. It is too. And I, I do think there are a lot of misconceptions out there by the general public about what's driving inflation particularly. I saw 
I mean, Wall Street Silver has really been posting these inflation videos pretty aggressively on his account. Um, and there was one that I really worry about. And I hope the audio shows up. Let me see if I can find this. It seems like the freaks in the Noster chat are really enjoying uh, a leisurely Saturday chill rip. What are they saying? We never do these. Yeah. We have uh, beef beef for bacon saying, can we just do RHR on Saturdays? Beef for bacon. This is so much more chill when not on a work day. Beef for bacon, I, I wish that could be true, but as somebody with two young children, one of which you could probably hear in the background right now, it's uh, likely to be a, a rare occurrence. It is true. Okay, let's see. Thank you for being here for this one. Yeah. Let's see if we can uh, get the audio here. Let me know if the audio is playing. Target yesterday and bought two bottles of hair product, a bottle of shampoo, a box of trash bags, and one Halloween decoration, $70 on my Target red card. That's with my 5% discount. My son's looking at the cart and going, Mom, this was $70. We didn't even get anything. Yeah, I know, kid. And he doesn't even remember a time when you could get a two-bedroom apartment in a decent area of town for $600 a month. Now a one-bedroom apartment in a mediocre part of town is two grand a month. Gas is $5.49 a gallon. It cost me $65 to fill up my tank. Before COVID, my grocery bill per month was $350. Now it's $600 a month, and I buy the exact same amount of groceries. This shit is out of control. What does the bourgeoisie think that the outcome of this is going to be? They cannot possibly believe that extracting every last dime out of the working class by inflating all of the prices and paying us poverty wages is a sustainable economic model. And the thing is, is that I, I, I could be mad at the bourgeoisie all day long, but they are doing exactly what is expected. They are greedy sociopaths. This is what they do. I am more mad at Americans because instead of uniting against this common enemy who is robbing us blind, we are fighting over whether or not drag queens can read books to children. At what point are we going to stop taking this shit lying down, put our foots down and say, fuck this and not allow it anymore? We cannot even afford to live in this country. We can't even afford to die in this country. And so, this scared the shit out of me yesterday when I saw it because obviously uh, people are feeling the pain of inflation. But it seems like there's, I mean, this is anecdotal evidence, one anecdotal data point, but I wouldn't be surprised to learn that this is the feeling of many people out there who are suffering under the pain of inflation, but pointing at the bourgeoisie and capitalist as the problems that these people are, are facing in the economy, something as Bitcoiners, we should really be focused about getting ahead of is it's not capitalism. It's not uh, the people producing goods and services throughout the economy. It's the money. Like we really do need to work hard to, to make this clear to people, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it feels like an uphill battle. Um, I do wonder. I'm not. I'm not saying this one is is, uh, but uh, and it is definitely representative of obviously a lot of the feelings that people have out there. Um, but like this is there's so many, there's going to be so many PSYOP shit like this. 
We're just going to get hammered by these videos, man. We already are. Yeah, I just... So it's it's already it's already completely impossible to tell what's real and what's not. Um, so that's like a that's a pretty crazy thought to me. Just like this complete, just like fake news on a max level. It's fucking crazy. When you say that, do you, I don't think you mean they're AI generated, but do you think? Well, they do like AI generated shit now. That's like crazy video wise. Like I can't do it, but there was one of Greta this week. That was like, holy shit, this looks real. I mean, it was obviously. Remember that one where it was like, it was a Chinese girl and then they turned her into a white girl. Yeah. Like that was crazy. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, to me, it feels like social media and all this digital connection like the, the 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 ability for information to flow so quickly like speeds up all these different things right it has all these like secondary effects that are like really obvious in hindsight um but it's hard to comprehend before they they happen and uh like i i think like you know one of like the early big ones that people talked about was like the arab spring right and then recently like we see the bank runs you know the bank runs and they all they said this was the bank run from your phone, right? It was like people were on Twitter on their phone and then they immediately like withdrew from the bank from the phone app. Um, and like when you have runaway inflation and you have inflation running hot and you have people that are angry and upset uh, and they're glued to their phones and they, they have their engagement and everything and you just start bombarding them with certain videos that you want them to have, like it get, get crazy really fast. Like to me, that's super fucking scary. And it's just completely unavoidable. Like, I just don't know. Like, you <laughs> I don't know how you stop that from happening. Yeah. Yeah. The ag- algos on Twitter particularly are like fine tuned to really play to those emotions. Speaking of which, we don't have this on the list, but something we should talk about Elon coming out and saying he's given his engineering team one year to make x the financial app of the future no when he said he said uh it was a leaked all hands call and he said when i say a payments app i mean every aspect of someone's financial life is what he said that's fucking this is a cbdc social credit score private play but elon's our savior he's saving freedom of speech right now it's all right out there. He says it. He even want, he's. I think it leaked. It came out that he wanted it to be a dating app too. Oh God! Just like the everything app, your whole life runs through it. You better hope you have a good score. You release phone calls this week. You can go to DMs and have a voice call with somebody now. And that's a sorely that that's helpful. I mean, they're kind of competing with Telegram or whatever. Yeah. Signal. Everything but else. That's like blue checks only, right? I think so. Yeah. I haven't seen it in my my DM UI. What um what do you want to talk talk about next? Got a few things on the list, nothing too crazy. Um 
Yeah, I mean, we need to. Oh yeah, Gemini sues Genesis over 1.6 billion worth of GBTC. Um, so I mean, so Barry, like at the heart of the Gemini Earn deal, um, it was uh, Genesis, which was uh, a subsidiary of Digital Currency Group, Barry Silver's company. Um, was borrowing money uh, from uh, was b- borrowing money from Gemini customers, Gemini earned customers, so that those Gemini customers can earn yield. And then uh, Genesis was going and doing absolutely completely degen things. And as part of that deal, there was supposed to be GBTC, um, which is uh, Galax, which is uh, Grayscale's. <laughs> wrapped Bitcoin product, um, like an supposed to have ETF like properties. And they never actually gave that they refused. They, they never provided that collateral to Gemini because they had provided partial collateral. And, uh, when the discount in GBDC started to drop really hard, um, they needed more collateral and they were like, post more collateral. And they're like, Oh, we're going to post, um, how many shares does it say? It's a shit ton. Um, they're going to post more collateral and then Gemini fucking liquidated the GBTC uh, that they had already sent them. So that tanked the price of GBTC further, sending Barry Silbert's house in complete disarray. Uh, so they never provided the $1.6 billion worth of GBTC collateral, 60 million shares of GBTC. So all that is unfolding rather slowly. Um, it's been over 300 days um, since Gemini earned first froze withdrawals. And this comes on the heels of the, what the New York, one of the New York, uh, the New York AG or Department of Financial Services or whatever sued them all. Um, so, yeah. And I think Barry specifically is getting sued for fraud or charged with fraud. Yeah, I mean, I imagine this most recent lawsuit, Gemini versus Genesis, is just going to tie things up for longer for their customers. You just assume that you're not going to get paid back anything. Yeah, I mean, Barry's going to extend it for as long as he has to. He's, I mean, he's been waiting for Bitcoin to pump, basically. He's been trying to buy this time, wait for Bitcoin to pump and GBTC discount to decrease, which it has. Um and he's just got as much time as possible. It's not a. Uh, it's not where it was earlier this week. GBTC premium is now a negative twenty percent almost. It got as low as like thirteen, didn't it? Yeah, because the expectation is now that the SEC didn't um, didn't choose to appeal uh, their lawsuit, the lawsuit that uh, Grayscale had put on the SEC. Uh, that eventually GBTC will get approved as an ETF. And when it gets approved as an ETF, it should become directly par equivalent, like the exact amount of Bitcoin it should be. Um, So people are basically speculating on that and have been for a while and got absolutely wrecked doing it. And there was a lot of these degenerate loans and stuff using GBTC as collateral that just made it an extra big house of cards. There was basically this cycle, we had six Ponzi's run by suits, blow up 
Um, a lot of people got fucking wrecked. I mean, the suit racists are coming after Binance. There's a lot of... They, a lot. Always, always have been. And There's never been, never been a point when they haven't. That was interesting to see this week. Senator Lummis um, putting forth, I don't know if it was legislation or I forget what it was exactly, to go after Tether and Binance for funding uh, Hamas. No, and there was like stuff about there was stuff about privacy tools, right? I'm not sure. Let's see. I can probably find that in OBS Bitcoin as well. I thought she said she wanted to. Uh, Criminalize mixers. Let me find it. Oh, this is something we don't have on the list, but we should talk about. Let me open that in a new tab before we move on. We have a lot of people joining us. We gave, I gave no warning whatsoever. Kind of just came together today. Freaks together strong, man. Let's fucking go. I don't think uh, no bullshit, no bullshit. Bitcoin covered the uh, the Lummis thing. Beef, beef or bacon says there's a coin on tap ass called highly regarded. Made me laugh. Get as much as you can. It's gonna pump. Tap ass. New shitcoin casino. But no, this is disconcerting to see too. We didn't have this on the list, but something we should definitely talk about. The UK's law enforcement can now seize Bitcoin linked to criminal activity without conviction. So I would just read that. They can just seize Bitcoin without conviction and just levy some bullshit criminal claim. Um, but this has been talked about for a while. We covered it last year as it was making its way through British Parliament. Um and it's officially law now. So provisions in the bill give broader powers to local cops and will let them seize crypto they believe was used to launder money, traffic jug, drugs, commit cyber crime and terrorism without a conviction. Something experts say would come in handy, particularly in time-sensitive cases. Uh, so civil asset forfeiture coming to the UK and coming after your Bitcoin. Beware. Make sure to be expected. This should be expected, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and there will be gold confiscations as well. Yeah. But to mitigate this risk, these authorities are definitely going to be trained to look for 12 and 24 word seed phrases. Um, so if you don't want them to seize your Bitcoin without a successful conviction you're probably going to want to have a passphrase on top of that a strong passphrase for that so a passphrase right if you have 12 of your secret words your seed or 24 passphrase is a word that you choose that comes after all of those so it's either the 13th word or the 25th word um, and each time you switch what that passphrase is it's a completely different wallet um, but you have to remember that passphrase. If you forget that passphrase, you won't be able to access your Bitcoin. So some people just keep the passphrase in their head. I think that's fucking crazy. Um, but if you put it somewhere secure in a different location, 
then both locations need to be compromised. Also, that seed that you have without the pass raise is a, is a different wallet. So you can put some funds on that that makes it a decoy. Um, another thing that I really, another feature that I really like that's on cold card, you can do seed XOR and it pumps out two sets of seeds for you. Uh, and you can store those on seed plates in different places and you need both seeds and you have to put them together uh, to spend. And then of course there's multi-sig. Yeah. You Jeffy in the comments saying multi-sig over passphrases. Um, He's very consistent. Yes. I think passphrases are just extremely, it's, it's, it's awesome how simple they are. Um, but there's a lot of foot gun potential. You can, especially if you're just memorizing it in your head, uh, you will forget things that you memorize in your head. I've forgotten many passwords that I thought I would never forget. Uh, so just be be wary of that. And But if you're like crossing a border or something, um, obviously the border wallets project is really cool. Um, but that's a situation where you could easily memorize a passphrase. Uh, you can do it with a simple mobile wallet and multi-sig is complete overkill in that situation. So different tools, different use cases. Yeah. Be aware. Be aware. We, uh, we could be hitting the, the, then they fight you phase. Got little ones running downstairs. Can you hear him? Very little. You're good. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, the light spark stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, they rebranded lightning addresses and said and added compliance. Yeah, I think uh, the the name Universal Money Address is actually like it's a it's a pretty good name. Um, like I think that's actually it's like a solid marketing name. But uh, yeah, I mean the compliance shit is is super worrisome. I, it doesn't seem like they actually have any compliance really integrated. Um, but it could get pretty dark. I mean, you could have a situation. So basically, LightSpark announced the universal money address, which is a re essentially just like it's backwards compatible with Lightning address. So it's a typical Lightning address format. Marty at, you know, Albi, getalbi.com um, or whatever the website is. I, I apologize to the Albi guys. Um, but... Uh, or like odelladzeuspay.com. But he added a component that you can say what currency you want to receive in. And then he added a component that is supposedly compliant. He partnered with chain analysis and a bunch of other chain surveillance firms. Um, but I don't, it does, I, there's no real details on what that compliance looks like. Uh, but it does, like, it points to this idea that we've talked about for a while, which is like a bifurcation of the network. And like the most like, simple brute way for them to do any kind of compliance would be like uh just filter based on what that what the after the ad is you know it's like oh we just don't pay to add Zeus pay people because you know they're not compliant with us they don't like share information with us or something um, yeah. so they could just whitelist 
whitelist or blacklist potentially uh, lightning address suffixes. Um, well, I saw David Marcus hop in a thread and leaning into what you said earlier, which is backwards compatible lightning addresses. And I, even if it is compliant on the send side, like on the receive side, like people can still, you could have like these dusting attacks or something similar to a dusting attack where you have, like, how do you get around that? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think the funny thing about all this is I don't think they have like any real compliance strategy. I think he just like slapped compliance in there because as a suit, he thinks that bangs. You know, he's like, oh, I added compliance to lightning addresses. Like everyone's going to get super excited about that. And instead, he just mo on Twitter, he mostly got shat on. Um, but uh, like, I don't actually think they really have a compliance strategy yet. They, it's just... You know, we have partnerships. Yeah. He got shat on that. He came out and was like, hey, guys, like if we're going to take Bitcoin mainstream, we're going to need compliance. And <laughs> yeah, he's co he compliance bro to everybody. I, uh, I quote tweeted said we need to end the bank. We need to abolish the Bank Secrecy Act. Because <laughs> that's the real problem. That's a real frustrating thing. I think it's the Black Rocks and David Marcus is getting into the space. So it's like the, uh, the meme, I'm new to Bitcoin, I'm here to fix it, make it compliant. And it's really, we do need more people of that caliber sticking their neck out and saying, hey, these compliance regulations are completely overburdensome, ineffective, expensive, and anathema to the goals that Bitcoin is seeking to, to achieve here. Well, I mean, I think it was fitting that on the day that, that he announced that um, was the same day that Zeus... Uh, v0.8 went went out to everybody uh, and that that's the the new version of Zeus that lets you have a sovereign lightning address on your phone without running a node at home or on a server the node is literally in your phone um, and it was like the two opposite sides of Bitcoin going quote unquote uh, mainstream this you know compliance lightning address for businesses try and like integrate with Venmo and shit at a light spark. And then uh, Zeus coming out with uh, lightning addresses on your phone that you can just use without a, without a node somewhere else, the nodes on your phone. So I think that's pretty cool. And I think that's going to be more of what we see with Bitcoin because ultimately Bitcoin is a permissionless uh, open network. Um, so there will be compliance bros and there'll be, uh, people that use Bitcoin as freedom money, um, and they will coexist and people will have the choice of what they want to use. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Great shout out to Evan and team at Zeus. It's cool to see them do that. And while I had the browser share up, I thought this was pretty cool too. Um, Zapple pay added auto zap subscriptions. So what's the gravity of this? Like what is the real breakthrough here? So this is cool because so um, if you have a lightning address attached to your pub key, um, this allows someone to pay you uh, reoccurring, uh, reoccurring payments. Uh, so you can like, it can be like a Patreon type of situation where you like someone's content, you appreciate their content. So you want every month, you want to send them 21,000 sats. Um, and so it uses a Nostra Wallet Connect uh, capable 
uh, Lightning Wallet, which right now the main one is Mutiny. Um, so you log the subscription into Mutiny, um, and then when it comes time to pay it, it'll pop up in Mutiny whether or not you want to approve it, or you can set it to auto-approve. And if you set it to auto-approve, then every time that payment hits, your wallet, next time you open your wallet, it'll make the payment um, automatically. So like that's always been a question since Bitcoin's a push system instead of a pull system like credit cards is like, how do you do subscriptions? Um, and this is one way you could do subscriptions with Nostra as a communication layer. Uh, yeah. And it's, but it's all, it's all user driven, right? So unlike credit card subscriptions, if you, if you don't want to continue the subscription, you just open your wallet and you just cancel it in your wallet and then they'll never push a payment again. Yeah. Pretty massive. That, and then, yeah, exactly. And, but mutiny, I, I just had, I just had Evan on Sizzle Dispatch. Um, it was a great conversation um, to talk about all this, but there's like, there's issues right now with Mutiny users paying Zeus users because they're, they're both running nodes and phones that are offline and online. So they're, they're like, there's this 24 hour HODL invoice. So an invoice that expires within 24 hours and the Zeus user needs to open their phone uh, to accept the payment within 24 hours. Otherwise they don't get the payment. And the, the mutiny user needs to open their phone to approve the payment out if they do a zap on Noster. Um, so it's a whole, it's like two, two pragmatic kind of like hacks almost like come together and in the wild and they're going through some growing pains, but it's really cool to see just very useful things being built out today uh, with the tools that we have. Yeah. And it really, when I said earlier is it highlights again Bitcoin has these limitations, but you when you combine it with other protocols like Noster, it allows you to do things that were previously thought to be impossible um, due to the limitations that exist on Bitcoin and Lightning. And so it's just getting creative and combining um, these tools together, which is I think is this is what the web 3.0 bros completely miss is it's not spinning up a token for every application. It's just combining these open source protocols in unique ways. Sats are the token. Yes. The tokens are sats. Did you and Evan cover Macarallo's criticism? Yeah. Yeah, we did. What, um, uh, what was the, like my first question I asked Evan, I was like, why do you hate the lightning network? Yeah. So, I mean, for those who are unaware, Macarallo quote tweeted the release of this, um, this function by Zeus basically had um, some criticisms about this type of functionality, locking up a ton of liquidity along routes on the Lightning Network. It could be pretty detrimental to the user experience. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it at length, um, and people should check it out. It was it was a good conversation. We kept it short, focused. It was like an hour. Um, but I mean, my, my personal perspective is it's, it's, it is a question of perspectives, right? And it's a question of timing and it's a question of what is, what are people doing in the real world? Right? So when you say, you know, like, yeah, is it, is it ideal that payments could be locked up for up to 24 hours if the receiver doesn't um, open their phone? 
uh, yeah, like that is not ideal. Like that locks up liquidity along the route. Um, but Zeus is a growing node. Um, there's potentially not going to be that many hops going to Zeus pay people. Um, the alternative that people are going to right now aren't running their own node and doing a sovereign uh, sovereign lightning address. They're just using Wallet of Satoshi, uh, a fully custodial option, which is, I think, arguably more dangerous for the lightning network because if when when they rug, they're going to rug like the entire developed world, like everyone that's been onboarded to the develop, developing world um, over the last like two years are all going to get rugged at the same time because they all use Wallet of Satoshi. Um, so I think, look, Evan knows like if, if there's protocol improvements that make it so that he can do it in a more efficient way, he's just going to upgrade over time. But at the end of the day, the goal of having a, 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 a sovereign, you know, freedom focused, receive lightning address on a phone, right. Rather than using a custodian uh, is worth, you know, the trade-offs that it makes. And at the, at the most low IQ, like on the bell curve on the left side, like thing you can do if you're a routing node and you don't like this is just raise your fees. If you raise your fees and your, all your payment slots get filled, uh, and those payments, uh, most of them inevitably go through, you're going to get paid really well. And, uh, yeah, I also think like an expectations thing, right. Is, is people overwhelmingly choose the most convenient option. And because this is self custody for small payments, you still have to open a channel, right? So for small payments, the fee can be quite high. And we talked about fees at length. And while the Stoshi doesn't have that issue because you're just using their channels, they're just holding your Bitcoin for you. So, like, what's the bull case for without while the Stoshi rugging? Like, what's the bull case for the amount of users that Zeus Pay pulls from while the Satoshi? Like five percent or like ten percent? If, if, if it, imagine how bullish that would be if if it started really affecting the Lightning Network because so many people were using Zeus Pay. Like, I don't think it's really it's just not, I like that. It's just a pragmatic tool that you can use today. And I think it's worth that trade-off and hopefully we can do it in better ways in the future. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it, it's probably like a problem we should want to see because it means users are doing things non-custodial, non-custodially more often when those problems do arise. It's like, all right, I mean, I think this is Evan's comeback to, to Matt's Rebut or Matt's criticism was like, hey, protocol devs need to figure out how to fix this, which triggered a lot of people. Uh, yeah, but it's also like Evan's not an outsider. Like he did a bunch of L and D work. Um, like I don't like he's not a bad actor here. He's just putting a tool out there. Yeah, that works today. Yeah. Um, with that, we're gonna keep it pretty tight this week. So let's get to shout outs. I like this view of shout outs. We can just, just go to Fountain and read the shout outs and you're not going to be surprised. Maybe that's a problem for you, but it's more efficient for me right now instead of holding my phone in front of the camera. Top four shout outs from Rabbit Hole Recap 275. Critical flaw in the Lightning Network? We did two question mark titles in a row. I love that. I've also uh, come to the conclusion that, that that bug is a bit overblown. Dove into some of Lisa Nigat's 
Oh, we talked about that too. On the, I talked about that with Evan too. Yeah, I think in Parker, I was with Parker. Parker and I shared a hotel room. Still in a bear market. You can't be balling out at conferences. You got to share a hotel room. Two beds. Don't worry, freaks. We didn't. We didn't skimp too much. But he made a good point when we were talking about this bug. Is that uh, if it was that existential, you'd see a mass exodus of liquidity from the Lightning Network, which doesn't seem to have materialized. I mean, I don't think that's. Uh, it's not so. It's not so cut and dry, right? Like if you have channel partners you trust. Um, you're fine in this situation. And that's a ridiculous statement, but uh, it's the truth. And if you think about a lot of the large routing nodes, right, and the large liquidity providers, they mostly have whitelisted channels. You can't just open a channel with them. Like they only have channel counterparties that they have like a legal relationship with. Um, and then I think us in like the, like the sovereign routing network, we're kind of just waiting to see if we lose our money or not. Like I, what I'm not doing a mass exodus. Are you doing a mass exodus from your lightning node? Not planning uh, on it, uh, but apparently but like Antoine Riard is on the 30th. So you got two days. I guess we'll, we'll know in two it's days. Not like, it's not like I would know better. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think look, regardless, like obviously, you know, lightning is, is, is one tool we have available to us and it comes with certain trade-offs, right? And it doesn't make it completely useless, um, but like it does change how you can use it and what the threat models are and, and whatnot. Yeah. We'll see. I think Antoine's going to attack the network on Monday. We'll see how. Should we, are we telling the freaks to mass exodus lightning? Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. Mario, the freaks, they want a mass exodus lightning, but you told them mempools would clear, so they've been waiting to do it with one separate byte, and they just haven't been able to do it yet. I mean, we're getting that's, close. That's on you, dude. There's 6,000 less, trans or 10,000 less transactions in the mempool right now compared to what we started this episode, so. Click the graph. <laughs> no, the graph on the top. Oh, yeah. There you go. Now press one month. There's the butt crack. There's the butt crack. Look at that. It's beautiful. Just up and to the right. Nice Nike swoosh. All right. On the, on the shout outs from last week's rep. At Cum Rocket, coming in at number one with 100,069 sats. Nevada Ca County Bitcoin meetup, Thursday, November 16th, 2023. From 6 to 8 p.m. at 1849 Brewing Company, 468 Sutton Way, Grass Valley, California. Anyone with an interest in Bitcoin is welcome to come. From newbie to enthusiast, no one is an expert in everything Bitcoin related, but we know how to get everyone of every age and technological skills started. Thank you, Come Rocket. Week in, week out, pumping all these meetups. At Eric99, 100,000 sats, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Bitcoin meetup, Wednesday, November 1st at O'Shaughnessy Distilling Co. 600 Malcolm Ave, Southeast Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414. Starts at 6 p.m. Speaker at 7 p.m. That's going to be Dr. Mark Stephanie. 
social time at 7.30 slash 8. Stay humble. Stack sats. Good advice, Eric. That's awesome that uh, our top two are ride or die freaks uh, telling us about meetups. Top three, Spaniel, 77,777 sats, sevens across the board, palindrome boost, Bitcoin meetup at Sogndal Public Library, Norway. Uh, what do they speak up in Norway? Norwegian. Norwegian. Yeah, my Norwegian. No, I don't think it's Norwegian. They are Norwegian people. I think they speak Norwegian. No. Chat. A lot of them speak English. What the hell do they speak? God damn it. Bro, you're overthinking this. They speak Norwegian. (laughs) You don't even mute it, so we just hear you typing it. Like, (laughs) they speak Norwegian. There you fucking go. (laughs) I got this answer on that. Bitcoin meetup at... Sungil Public Library in Norway on Tuesday, to the freak, of October. Wait, wait, to the freaks listening to the podcast feed and not watching the video, we watched Marty do a Google search for what they speak in Norway, <laughs> and it said Norwegian, and he just X'd out of the tab and then came back to the boostergrams. Okay, continue. <laughs> uh, for those watching the video, the tab has not been X'd out yet. Okay, still there. <laughs> Norwegian and Sami. Uh, this meetup at the Sogdal Public Library is Tuesday, 31st of October at 6 p.m. to mark the white paper's 15th anniversary. Most of the audi- audience will probably be newbies slash no-coiners. Good opportunity, Orange Pill. Thank you, Svaniel. At Mary Oscar, the founder of FountainApp, boosted a 75,000 sats with a call to action. Subfreaks Fountain 1.0 is just around the corner with a complete design slash UX overhaul, along with some really exciting new features around clipping, music, and Noster. We want to make Fountain the best experience it can be for you all. If you have a spare two minutes, I would massively appreciate it if you could send me an email to oscar at fountain.fm with one piece of feedback or feature request that you think would make the app better. Per emoji. Chief ad read. Uh, disclaimer, I'm a seed investor in Fountain. And, uh, he's a great dude. So Much much love, Oscar. And he uh, made the app that makes this section of the podcast uh, very easy week in, week out. No, Fountain's badass. Um, and shout out to all the freaks who continue to support us uh, through Podcasting 2.0. It's really fucking awesome. Yeah. Keeps us coming in every week. Yeah. Shout out to you freaks. Thank you for your patience this week. Been a bit of a hectic few days. I'm exhausted. I think I have an ear infection too. Uh, just to let you know, I, I struggled through a lot of pain in my uh, right ear. is completely clogged and it's starting to hurt. I can't hear. It's pretty, it's pretty cool that he can just pay 75,000 sats and then just have a comment asking for people to email them feedback. Like that's the future is now. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty fucking cool. Paid UX UI feedback. Yeah. I dig it. Since I don't. Sorry you know, about your email. That sucks. I think just bigger, uh, bigger withdrawal, bigger withdrawal from the wallet. What do you mean? 
Right now, if you want to withdraw from Fountain, you have to use Ellen URL and you can only yeah, get the custodial, time. The custodial wallet is a problem, period. Um, but that's why it's really cool what Zeus and Mutiny are doing. I think it's, and, and it's interesting because it's also really cool what uh, Breeze, Breeze is doing uh, with Greenlight. So like Breeze, the node is on a server, but the keys are on your phone. And then with Mutiny and Zeus, the node is in your phone and the keys are in your phone. And each one comes with different trade-offs. And it's just really cool to see them develop because that's what we need. Because right now, like the, the problem is, is like if you want convenient lightning, it's custodial. Yeah. Uh, if you want like a normal, you know, a, a, a new coiner or pre-coiner uh, to come into one of these wallets and open channels and whatnot, historically, a lot of these companies have chosen custodial wallets to make them more convenient. Yeah. But even with the custodial option, it's really not that convenient with the limits. And it's not really and then you, like you can yeah. withdraw 200,000 sats multiple times a day, but it's just like. But then you also see like there's been a bunch of issues and they've resolved them. Uh, I really do appreciate uh, them paying attention to my particular situation, um, them and ZBD, because ZBD manages the wallet. Um but like when when the podcaster, like the person who's producing content, is using a self custody node, uh, specifically if it's running through Tor, it's like you have horrible payment reliability, um, and it's gotten much better. But that's just like another part of this whole like the LN vulnerability, compliance on Lightning. Like there's, it feels to me like there's this interoperable protocol for custodians that works that is relatively resistant to uh antoine's uh vulnerability and disclosure um and then you have and that's proven out and it works and it works great and and you'll have a universal money address and you could transfer from charles schwab to wells fargo and never know you're touching Bitcoin, but you're sending dollars and the recipient's getting euros and it's really cheap. Um, and then like, that seems like that's gonna happen no matter what. I see that happening. And then you have the freedom oriented lightning network, which comes with its own trade-offs. Yeah. Problems to solve. The price is pumping though. Pump it right into my veins. <laughs> Marty, do you think do you think we're out of the bear market? Do you uh, think we, do you think we will see twenty two before we see forty two? Let's do a little bull, little price. Ah, uh, uh, God, God, what? You're gonna make me say it. Like I do, don't think we see twenty two again. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Never. I mean, look at this chart. I do think, I mean, going back to the bond conversation from the beginning of the rip, like, I don't think people understand. Like, I do think the TradFi guys are completely banking on this bond trade to come back. And I just don't think that's going to happen. I find it very hard to believe that it's going to happen. Bonds are shitcoins, and every freak agrees with, with you. 
um, it's just not priced in yet. People are in denial. Well, like, is this chart, that's why I pulled this chart back up. Is this chart, like, beginning to, like, we'll pull off all these and we'll put up, um, like, the bond index, like, especially on the back end, these last three months particularly. Like, is it beginning to be priced in? Like, are there people no. in the TradFi world who understand the severity of the situation and begin? Nothing is priced in. It's not priced in. If it was priced in, Bitcoin would be over a million dollars. That's true. Um, um, I mean, I said this like a month ago or two months ago, and I'm not afraid to say it again, but I think this next cycle is going to be crazier than anything we've ever seen. Dude, the suits are going to get absolutely wrecked. Well, that's like, that's why I don't think we see 22 again, because I think the suits are going to realize that they're extremely vulnerable. And they're going to begin aping in because it seems like the only viable exit route, you know? There's just, you know, there's so much money on the sidelines uh, and there's a fixed amount of Bitcoin. So, yeah, it could get pretty crazy out there. Yeah. I, uh, oh, yeah, go. I was going to say, who knows? Could be completely wrong. Trade. Could I think I've uh, I've analyzed the situation, and my strategy is going to be to stay humble and stack sets. Um, Same. I uh, before we wrap, I just wanted to give a shout out. Uh, can we? Can you go to highlighter.com? Pablo yeah. just did. Pablo just did a massive release of highlighter.com. Everyone should check it out. It's pretty badass, and it's such yeah. a good domain. Let me sign in. Do you want me to? Do you want me in the signed in view or the non signed in view? You can be in the signed in view. So this is to the freaks on video. This is this is highlighter.com. And basically, so it uses Noster and DVMs. Uh, data vending machines that we talked about multiple times. Um, so you can highlight different areas and and then basically use Noster to post them um, and add your own thoughts. Marty's adding his own thoughts. Um, then people can zap that. They can zap the, uh, the author. They can do a zap split between both. Um, you can also do like Patreon-like subscriptions. And then the data vending machine part is really interesting because you can actually take a podcast, you put in a podcast link, and then you can pay a DVM AI agent with sats to transcribe the podcast. And then you can highlight that. So what did I just do? So I have you this just, here. You just added a comment signed by your, by your private, private key. It's pretty cool. The potential is pretty huge. I, I think he's onto something here. Um, and he, oh, I'm really close. And he made it. Uh, <laughs> he made it uh, very pretty too. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Pablo. Shout out to everybody working on Oster. But bringing it back to the live chat. Live chat seems pretty convinced that that bonds have collapsed. They're not coming back. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I think uh, I, I think they all agree with us. Uh, yeah, and I, think, I mean, especially if it seems like the markets are trying to project that there's going to be one more rate hike. Had Larry Fink come out and say, "Hey, they need to needed to raise one more time at least." I think that may be like a last ditch effort to solve inflation, which I don't think they're going to be able to solve. And, and wait, you said another rate hike? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Larry. Same- I think they can like the not maybe maybe it's not consensus, but a lot of smart money is like we're going to get one more rate hike next month, and then that'll be it. But as we're seeing with the charts that we showed earlier, and the situation in the bond market, like. Something's going to break. It's arguable. I mean, with the bond, the bank stock movement this week, like I wouldn't be surprised if the systemic banking crisis rears its head as early as next week. Um, and so maybe they raise one more time, but they're going to have to revert quickly. And if inflation isn't solved, bonds are absolutely fucked. You think next? So you think this week? You mean like this Monday? We're going to have like bank runs are going to escalate. Is next week's episode going to be the bank runs continue? I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. Um, but my Crazy youngest time. has woken up from his nap. This okay. is great. We did freaks. We did it. I'm very happy we did. I mean, it's... I don't want to shout out ourselves, but shout out to us. Um, <laughs> shout out to the freaks. Some of the freaks have been here every week, yeah. or at least once we started doing it live. We still have 111 plus the Zap.Stream audience, so more than 111 listening. An hour and 10 minutes in on a, on a Saturday afternoon here in America, late night in Europe. Um, <laughs> I th- there's a lot of European freaks in the comments. I have to, have to shout them out. But um, no, I'm happy we, we make it a point to do this week in and week out um, and that you guys join us. So thank you, Matt, for being flexible this week. Thank you, freaks, for being patient. Much love, Marty. Much love, freaks. Stay on the stack sats. Peace and love. Dickie. All right, let's see if I can end this correctly.